Welcome into the Illini Cast podcast as part of the Big Banter Podcast Network. And we had the huge, long Big Banter podcast that was previewing the entire Big Ten uh, with all the Big Ten Big Banter Podcast Network podcast, which was an absolute blast to be a part of. And I'll tell you what, I am a little ticked off at our Big Banter brethren who don't necessarily believe in the Illini. I saw what Eric had us at six and six, six and six. This is not your father's Illinois football team. All right. This is, uh, I, I watched that in Austin. You did a fantastic job and, uh, hopefully you open some eyes because I, I don't get it. Like still, you know, we know what's happening in Champaign, but it seems like the rest of the country is still trying to figure it out. I mean, I, I like baseball a lot, so I use like some baseball kind of references here and there. But I feel like Eric was using Tommy DeVito like he was like a four and a half win player that Illinois was missing out on this year. And it's like he's closer to Luke Altmeyer than anything else. I mean, Tommy DeVito's war is probably close to like 0.7. Like he's yeah. a great quarterback. Uh, he'll get you maybe a win. But I feel like Luke Altmeyer can play at that particular level. And surprise, surprise, breaking news, Luke Altmeyer was named the starting quarterback for the Illini, Brett Bielema announced. But again, I don't feel like Illinois has all that much to replace. Chase Brown is a great running back, but our offensive line is a top five offensive line in the Big Ten. You have Jerzon Newton and Keith Randolph, the law firm at defensive end at on the defensive line. And that's first team all American, second team all American kind of guys in there, which is something that Illinois has not had since maybe like Simeon Rice uh, or or Whitney Merciless. I mean, Jerzon Newton is the first time is the first Illini to ever be named to the AP preseason first team like in Illini history. I mean, that is unreal to have, and for people to just discount that or to poo-poo that idea, like it just blows my mind and especially being in the big 10 west where there's a lot of run run down your throat and you have that defensive line you have that offensive line you got the running backs uh that can take care of the running back by committee that illinois will have so i don't feel like illinois needs to replace all that much you're keeping the identity wisconsin's changing theirs uh pj fleck has had issues against the illini uh iowa has an anemic offense that um they even have to score so many points, I believe it is, to for Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, for Kirk to even, like, not Kirk, but for his son to even keep his job. So I, I don't understand why there's so much love for the chaos when in the Big Ten West you win with the steady hand, and that's what Brett Bielema has brought to this Illini team. Yeah, I mean, there's a Wisconsin love fest going on right now, and I just think it's a little premature I think Luke Fickle's going to be a great coach and, you know, he's going to be able to work some magic up there in Madison, but the expectations that they have right now for year one, for such a drastic change in system that they're going to have, and they're going to have to, you know, tailor their roster around it. I just think it's not going to be as seamless as a lot of pundits want you to believe. Um, Iowa is going to be, you know, I, I can understand them being a favorite for the West, but what Iowa is known for, the way they beat other Big Ten teams, we out-Iowa'd 
Iowa last year. And so yeah. I think we're capable of playing that type of uh, game. And our offensive side of the ball is just a, a level above. Like we have a more, you know, hopefully creative uh, play caller, but we have, you know, a quarterback who, uh, you know, kind of circle back the conversation we we're having earlier. Tommy DeVito was a good quarterback. Like he was nice in the sense where he's the best quarterback we've had in a few years for sure. In the sense he didn't make many mistakes. You know, like he mm-hmm. he could run around and get some extra time to make the nice short play. But Luke Altmaier, he expands our game vertically. Like he can make more deep throws that we never even remotely threatened last year. So I'm looking forward to, you know, his continued development. Um, you know, I once he transferred over here, you know, I caught a couple of his YouTube clips and I like what he has. And I know he was very close to winning that job last year at Ole Miss. So, you know, because I trust our coaching staff as much as I do, I do think, you know, in a year, two years, he's going to be, if not top half, one of the top couple quarterbacks in the conference. And again, for me, I think the pieces are in place. We, you know, as long as our guys stay healthy, that defensive line, you know, we, you talked about the law firm, you didn't even mention Gabe Jackis and Seth Coleman, yeah. you know, who on previous teams would be our best defensive play, you know, and right now they're just kind of in the, in the background um, waiting for their time to get the shine and some notoriety. We've just, we've, we've recruited good talent and our coaching staff has developed that talent. And for me, I think the window is there. Brett knows the urgency. You know, this is last year divisions. Like this is our chance to make it down to Indianapolis without having to, you know, we don't have Michigan on our schedule. We don't have Ohio State on our schedule. We have Penn State, but we have them at home. You know, in Drew's uh, first real test on the road. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to do it, but the signs are there that, you know, we can, we can, you know, if I can see the signs, I can tell you Brett can see the signs. So I think there will be a sense of urgency. And uh, I have us winning the Big Ten West, and I'm shocked that I feel so alone in this. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Illinois in preseason rankings uh, from CBS, ESPN, The Athletic range from first all the way down to like fourth or fifth behind like Minnesota and Nebraska, which I can see the top side. I can see that. The people who are saying that Illinois is a bottom feeder in this Big Ten West just don't see it. They only see the heirs of of the past in Champaign instead of what Brett Bielema is building now. Um, again, Luke Altmeyer, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a great leader for this offense. Um, I talked to an old Miss student um, who went to school with him, and she was saying how everybody on that campus just – loved Luke Altmaier. They loved his leadership and that Jackson Dart is a good quarterback, but Luke was more of the heart and soul of the campus and of that team. So with that being the case, like I just don't see Luke having that much of an issue trans translating that into wins in Champaign. Yeah. I'm keeping mind. I think it was their bowl game or maybe just their last game of the season where like he had already made his intentions on leaving the program. But Jackson Dart yeah. got hurt midway through the game. And no one could blame Luke if he just like, look, I'm not going to risk getting hurt. I'm going to play for a different school. Like, you know, this is going to ruin my chances to find a different uh, football team to play for. No, he just went right in there. And, you know, he played his butt off. You know, he had a pretty decent game himself. And that 
kind of made me excited about his potential. You know, he, he he's he's not going to be to, uh, Tommy DeVito when it comes to the vocal aspect. You know, Tommy was born to talk, and he has that, you know, um, Jersey Shore type of persona or whatnot. But, right. you know, from what I saw of his actions last year and what you're kind of confirming with the person who went to school with him, he has a different style of leadership where, you know, the team, like, can't wait to march behind him as he leads them onto the field. And I'm really excited to finally have a young quarterback that not only has talent, but he's got years to develop uh, in our system. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the transfer quarterbacks that have came in to – uh, this Big Ten West, like Cade McNamara, and I feel like Hudson Card and Luke Altmyer are all in the same kind of tier. Guys that have not really proven it, proven it, but guys who are on the precipice, and it's all about who's going to uh, reach and and make their ambitions reality. And I think Luke Altmyer has that personality to make that happen um, even more than the other two, especially with the talent around Luke compared to. Cade and Hudson. Yeah. And I also think a lot of reasons, you know, other people think that the depart departing talent is a bigger deal than it really is, is they see Chase Brown leaving. And every week last year, there were, you know, Chase Brown this, Chase Brown that, you know, he was obviously a huge focus, focus of our offense. But this is Brett Bielema team. You know, you and I know as well as anyone, like our running back room is loaded. I'm waiting to see which one of the young guys, you know, unfortunately we found out today, uh, redshirt freshman Jordan Anderson is going to be gone for the year, which is a bummer because I really liked his size and speed and what he was going to be bringing onto the field. But, you know, we have right behind him, true freshman Caden Fegan, four-star, you know, and Brett's been talking about him all fall uh, camp long. So, I think in some ways, and I don't know if you agree with me, but we were so reliant on Chase Brown that I'm actually looking forward to Barry Lenny Jr. having to, you know, use his mind and try to come up with a more diverse game plan because we have talent on offense finally. You know, we have three, four Mm -hmm. solid wide receivers. We have a good running back room. Our offensive line, as you've mentioned, is in the top handful in the conference. Last year, we're so focused on giving it to Brown. You know, we're one of the worst red zone teams because it seems like we only had one go-to move. Just hand it, up, hand it to Chase and hope he scores. He's not really a chain mover like that. So I, I get that we lost one of the best running backs in college football. But I think there's also a potential that, you know, that loss can ultimately be better off for our the program moving forward. And, I mean... With Brett Bielema and his past at Wisconsin, it's always been like, oh, what happens when Monty Ball leaves? What happens when this guy leaves? He just makes a new star. He makes a new star running back. I mean, that's kind of his his M.O. Like, it doesn't matter who who's back there. He's going to find a way to make them a priority in terms of maybe at least getting drafted, at least. So I, I, that's why I'm not as concerned about Chase Brown leaving. Yes, Chase Brown is a talented running back. I'm seeing in a preseason with Cincinnati. But Brett can replace him in a way that's not going to hurt, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, we may take a minor step back. You know, we may not have a Chase Brown right now as he was uh, as a senior in our young running backs room now. But I don't think that step is nearly 
as back as other people are making it out to be. And as I said earlier, I think it's going to force our offensive coordinator to come up and devise game plans that's going to better utilize more of the offensive talent that we have on our team. And I'm actually really looking forward to watching that this season. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah Williams, he can play in the backfield a little bit. He's great in the screen game. And I think with Luke Altmyer, you may see some verticality with Isaiah Williams for the first time, which would be absolutely unreal to see. So, I mean, I just think that this team right here is is being so overlooked in a way that will actually help Illinois because I feel like Brett Bielema loves playing with a chip on his shoulder. And I feel like that mindset is going to help his team so much and to avoid those kind of upsets that might happen with a team that that is starting to feel themselves against a team like Toledo. So I actually kind of like that there's a little bit of a chip on their shoulder going into the season um, because I think that's just going to be added benefit for Illini fans. I mean, you can say, you know, obviously last year's start and then finish, I think we finished like one in four or one in five or something like that. You know, it was heartbreaking to watch uh, as on a week by week basis. But I think that could have been a huge learning and growing experience for the team that we're going to have this year. You know, at seven and one, I think they were ranked like 14 or something like that in the country. The team may not have been ready for that yet. You know, so now this year, you know, they got humbled on the second half of last season. This year, they'll know that, you know what, it's not only a grind in the beginning of the season, but it's on a week-to-week basis. Don't worry about what your record is. Just continue to get better. And hopefully, you know, there's a positive to that, that, you know, the ending last year where we just kind of faltered a little bit and that it's going to provide a growing experience for this team, which is, you know, moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to have teams that also have a chip on their shoulder for losing to Illinois, uh, like Wisconsin, like Minnesota, like Nebraska, like Iowa. I mean, Penn State. Th- those are, yeah, like two, two, three years ago, right? Yeah. I don't know how many players are still left from that <laughs> nine overtime classic, but yeah. um, but I mean, James Franklin, at least will have that uh, in his in the back of his brain. Um, but I mean, you look at a team like a game like Purdue, where there's going to be a lot of motivation on that Illini side with Ryan Walters and, and recruiting over him. And I think they'll have them prepared for Purdue. Unlike any other Purdue game I've seen, because that always seems like a game that Illinois falls so flat in, um, in the battle for the cannon. So I think this year with Ryan Walters, I think that's going to be out the window. So I am looking forward to the team's motivations uh, throughout this season because it is a vastly different uh, approach that um, a lot of these Alana players have experienced uh, where they do have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, but yet they they can feel themselves a little bit because of how they played against their Big Ten West counterparts. I just hope they're as fired up as we are, like, you know, reading yes. all these previews and these projections and whatnot. I, I mean, if I'm, you know, Newton or Randolph and I'm, you know, seeing people have us win six games, seven games. Like I didn't come back to, you know, I gave up on and millions in the NFL to finish with a six win record, a seven win record. You know, I think they're here to develop and they're here to bring some hardware back down to Champaign. Yeah. I mean, and we have the ultimate secret weapon in Jim Leonard. Like I, I think his game planning week to week is just going to make such an impact where, like 
I think this is going to be one of the most one of the most well prepared Illini teams we've seen in terms of X's and O's because he's just not going to let Illinois like be behind a chapter in the book against the offensive coordinator. He's always going to be a step ahead, which is going to be uh, awesome to see. Yeah, because I mean, he wants a head coaching job somewhere. You know, yep. he's he he wants to get that you know positive feedback. You know, after every single game, I'm sure you know. He's learning from one of the best in, in Brett, but Brett's word is going to matter to teams out there. You know, the same way Ryan Walters was getting his interviews, like, you know, Brett is, he's not shy to share credit. So in the post-game interviews, you know, I can see him dropping Jim's name and, you know, Jim, of course, he's going to try to do his best because he wants a power five gig next year and, you know, in a successful Illinois season where we're not projected to necessarily be as successful as you and I think we're going to be, his mm-hmm. name is going to be a, you know, something that's really going to be discussed pretty heavily in a hopefully very positive light if we can make it happen. What scares you about this Illini team? I know we're very positive about this Illini group. What, what keeps you up at night in fearing for this Illinois football team? Well, it starts with the news today, you know, that Matt Bailey's confirmed out against Toledo and I think a week or two ago they said that they weren't really planning to have him back until uh, Penn State. I can kind of understand the reasoning but he I think is super important uh, in our secondary. Right now you know as much faith as I have in our defensive line the secondary you know outside uh, our uh, what's his name Nicholson we they're young they're new so for me it's a having Matt Bailey's uh, presence out there at safety was going to be able to cover up for some mistakes that some of the younger guys might've made, Um, you know, as Toledo, Kansas, Penn state, these aren't, you know, just grinded out teams. These are teams that are going to test those defensive backs. And, you know, again, you and I are super positive. You know, we have them projected to win at nine, 10 games, but, there is a scenario out there where we start the season 0-3. You know, uh, if our defensive backs just aren't ready, that can absolutely happen. And that's what probably keeps me up at night. Yeah, I agree. Like, what keeps me up at night a little bit is just, like, our linebacker depth, especially with um, being in the Big Ten West. I feel like that's always a huge concern for any Big Ten West team is making sure that your front seven are are good to go. And the linebacker crew for Illinois just scares me just a touch in the depth that they have there. Yeah, uh, it's just nice. You know, if we had to pick an area of importance, at least in today's football game, where you want to be strongest is closer to the football. So it's kind of a comforting feeling that, you know, our lack of depth in our linebacking area and our just super youth in our secondary, at least hopefully, you know, our the line can get to the quarterback very quick so that our weaknesses can't be exposed. Absolutely. Um, what game are you most excited about this year? Purdue. Purdue. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, it's just one of those where uh, – I, I like Ryan Walters, but he's gotten under my skin just enough. 
And I think just all the storylines that are going to come with it, you know, Kevin Kane or Brett Bielema essentially choosing Aaron Henry over Kevin Kane. So, you know, you know, Kane's going to be ramped up for this uh, matchup. You know, the fact that the campus is so nearby and, you know, Northwestern has always been our rivalry, but they've got other things that they're kind of dealing with right now. So it'll be nice that, you know, Purdue's brought in some talent. You know, they've got a quarterback that I so desperately wanted um, uh, throwing the ball for them. You know, they've hired a, what's supposed to be a pretty decent offensive coordinator. So I think it's going to be a fun rivalry moving forward. But it's also the game, I think, if you had to give me a list of games I want to win the most, I think that's, you know, right up there as number one for me. Yeah, mine is a tie of oddly Minnesota and Kansas because I keep seeing these coaching tier lists throughout the offseason. Like in tier two is always like P.J. Fleck and Lance Leipold. P.J. Fleck, Lance Leipold. It's like, yes, what Lance Leipold did last year for Kansas, bringing them to relevancy is just unbelievable great stuff congratulations lance but what has lance done that brett bielema hasn't done and i say the same thing about pj fleck in minnesota pj fleck hasn't gone to a rose bowl with that minnesota golden gophers team he's always kind of went below expectations he's always been like all right I think Minnesota's going to finish second, like you always see in those preseason rankings or or first in the Big Ten West. This is the time the Gophers rise up top. They're going to row the boat to Indianapolis. It really hasn't happened uh, to the extent that I think a lot of Minnesota fans would have expected it to. So I just don't see why they're always in a tier above Brett when Brett has gone to the Rose Bowl, when Brett has led a Wisconsin team year after year after year and what he's done in his first year at Arkansas and what he's doing at Illinois right now. He is the model of consistency, at least in Big Ten play, if you take out his SEC uh, woes. So I think that those two I really want to beat up on to showcase, no, this is Brett's This is Brett's area. Those two guys can take a back seat to what Brett Bielema has brought year after year after year in college football comparatively to those two. I get the Lance Leipold love. He was number one for me who I wanted to hire. Uh, and yeah. he's obviously he's done a great job everywhere he's at building around his system. And I would accept putting Brett and him at least in the same tier right now. But this PJ Fleck thing, I don't understand. I'd like For me, if there's any coach that should – there's no coach that should be more nervous about the new talent that we brought, we as in the Big Ten, um, brought in coaching-wise than PJ Fleck. Because PJ got a lot of his wins against uh, Frost, he got a lot of his wins against Lovey Smith. You know, our division, our conference has upgraded in the coaching staff. PJ Fleck, I would give like a, a slightly above average grade as a coach. You know, let's just say B minus, maybe B if I if yeah. I'm feeling nice. But he was also taking advantage of a division that had just awful coaching. You know, awful game planning. And I think now that we've, you know, now that Brett's here, now that Rule's here, now that Fickle is here, those nine wins that uh, Fleck was getting every single year, Minnesota's going to kind of realize that they're probably going to settle into the six, seven game wins a year um, expectation just because the easy wins aren't there anymore. 
But that's kind of where Fleck is. He's not on Brett's level. He's not on, I wouldn't even say he's on Lance's level. He's, you know, I'll put him in like the tier three. But I think with him, there's just, you know, his outspokenness, his uh, row the boat, all that, you know, get spots on ESPN just because it's fun and whatever. I think that's kind of built his legacy a little higher than uh, it should materialistically be. Yeah, I, I think those days are going to come to a screeching halt in the next couple of years, especially with Oregon, Washington, yeah. uh, USC, and UCLA coming to the conference. I mean, that that's not going to be fun for PJ. Minnesota has decent high school football, but you're, you're not going to beat those kind of teams recruiting in North Dakota and South Dakota and Minnesota. Like, I think that's where Illinois, if they take advantage this year, they can – almost end the pipeline of Minnesota players from Illinois. So I, I think this is this year is so huge for Brett and so huge for Illinois as a whole, just to set up their spot into being that next kind of tier below like USC, Oregon, Ohio state and Michigan. Yeah. I mean, I think our arrows pointed up. You know, we're, we're not going to be at the you know top level um, in the next couple of years or so, but I'm more confident now as an Illinois football fan as I've been in the entire history of me being an Illinois football fan. And if I was a Minnesota Gophers fan, I think I wouldn't be quite as optimistic. Absolutely. Absolutely. What Big Ten West team scares you the most? I mean, probably Iowa, you know, just because they're just the way you have to beat them is like you just want your weight. It's, it's a chess match on who's going to make the mistake, you know, and uh, last year we prevailed. Um, but can we do it again this year? You know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough every single I don't see, you know, it's neither game is going to be a blowout. Obviously, their team's going to have a little more pressure. Their offense coordinator is going to have a little extra pressure trying to get those 25 points a game uh, every year or every every week. But I was the one team where if you told me, like, you have them projected over us at Illinois, I'm not going to put up a big fight because I get it. Absolutely. I mean, I look at Wisconsin. Like, I, I know I've said a lot of crap about Wisconsin here in this podcast, but – there could be a rope-a-dope if that Wisconsin offensive coordinator who is known for the air raid comes in. It's like, no, we're, we're just going to we're going to be Wisconsin. We're going to ground a pound, even though we have Tanner Mordecai. We're just going to keep running the ball like we are always have. Then I will be a little bit more nervous about Wisconsin just because it's like, oh, they didn't, in fact, change their identity overnight. So right. if they bring that ground and pound kind of game, uh, to the Big Ten West like we've seen them in the past with their upgraded talent, then I'll be like, okay, yeah, let's uh, let's get this going a little bit more, Brett. Like, make me a little nervous. But that's kind of the only caveat that I have of a team that scares me, per se. Yeah, I mean, because they have a very good coach and they have good talent on that team. I just think people are being a little too aggressive and a little too happy in how well everything is going to mesh in year one. So, right. you know, down the road, I, I think, you know, Wisconsin has set itself up very well. I think they got a great coach and, you know, I, I can't I can't argue with that. I think, you know, Wisconsin is going to be a team that we're going to be battling on a very similar level 
um, for the next half decade or so. Who is your Illini MVP this season when it's all said and done? So the reason, if my predictions come true, if we win, I, I have us winning nine games. Mm-hmm. If we win nine games, I think it's because Luke Altmeyer makes a jump that I'm hoping his talent his talent has already shown. Um, you know, I think our floor and ceiling is based on Luke Altmeyer. So if we win nine, that means on a week-to-week basis, he's getting better. Our offense is looking better. It's spreading it around. We've got a good running back attack. He's throwing it to all three uh, wide receivers that we have to tip Ryman. I think if he causes stress for stresses for some defenses out there, um, that's what's going to lead to our successful season. So in my make-believe world where we win nine games, I'm going to say the reason we do that is because of Luke Altmaier. Yeah, mine is an extension of that. I have Isaiah Williams as the team MVP because I feel like Jerzon Newton is going to draw so much uh, double teams from offensive linemen across the conference. But I feel like offensively, if Isaiah Williams can be Isaiah Williams and be that third best receiver in the Big Ten or the best receiver not playing for Ohio State, essentially, (laughs) um, I, I think that that'll open up things for this Illinois offense. It'll make Luke Altmaier's job a lot easier. So if Isaiah Williams stays healthy and he does what Isaiah Williams does in space, I think it could have a Rondell Moore effect that Purdue had a few years back. I mean, he just blew up in games. He, he basically said, he basically laughed defensive coordinators. So I think that's going to be a huge impact on Illinois success this year is Isaiah Williams just creating in space uh, like he has in the past and maybe to a different level this year with the better passing of Luke Altmaier. And how perfect would that be? You know, Isaiah Williams, he, you know, at one point he was a five-star. I think ultimately he got bumped down to a four-star, but he had turned down Alabama. I think Ohio State was in that list. A lot of the blue Texas. bloods. Texas, yeah, a lot of the blue bloods to come play at Illinois. Uh, you know, things didn't quite work out for him at quarterback. But to be able to transition to wide receiver and still, you know, be as successful as he can, uh, as he's capable of being, and hopefully being the team MVP on the la- on his last, you know, season for us, uh, and hopefully leading on to a, you know, productive NFL career, it would be one of the better storylines that we've had for Illinois football in the last couple decades almost. All right. Last question for you, Sonny, before we bring on Brandt. Mm-hmm. Who is your top three in the Big Ten West? We'll go Illinois. In, in what order? Yep. All right. So I got Illinois winning. I got Iowa second. And I think I, I'm okay with putting Wisconsin third. Again, you know, I know they got the talent and I know they, get, they got the coaching. I just don't think it's going to mesh as well as everyone else thinks in year one. But I think either of those three can win the West. Um, I have us prevailing, but uh, yeah, that's how I have it. What about you, Austin? I have Illinois finishing first. I have Wisconsin finishing second, and I have Iowa finishing third. Um, Wisconsin, just because there's going to be some more offense than Iowa, so that's why I have a little bit more faith that they could finish second. Um, But I think this is Illinois' division to lose. If they play to the best of their 
abilities week in and week out. Yes, there'll be some hiccups like a game against Penn State where I feel like that's that'll be some tough competition and maybe one Big Ten West clunker that you, that'll be there. But I, I just feel like this team is the best set up to make a run to Indianapolis uh, across the board of the Big Ten West. So, yeah, it, it runs through Champaign. The West runs through Champaign in its final year. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me who finishes second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth. As long as the orange and blue is finishing first, I think uh, all smiles here on the Illini Cast podcast. And then we'll have a New Year's Six Bowl to, to be thinking about, which will be fun. But let's move on. We'll have Brant after this break. Uh, thank you, Sonny. And let's get to Brant. All right. Welcome back into the Alana cast part of the big banter podcast network. And we have big banter royalty here. We have the CEO of big banter, Brant Henson joining us. Brant, how's it going? Going great. Austin. Um, how are you on this fine Monday? Uh, doing well. I mean, it's the week before actually it's game week. So pretty excited, pretty pumped about what Illinois football can do. And, just excited to be part of this podcast network full of some uh, great personalities uh, across the board. Yeah, we, we've got we've got a fun squad. It's going to be a very, very fun football season, even more interesting than the most football seasons of the whole Big Banter Network. Uh, you'll have access to really all of the fan bases within the Big Ten to talk some smack to right at your fingertips. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Brent, what gave you the inspiration for Big Banter? How did this idea come to be? Well, yeah, the idea came to be, I so I've always been a big sports fan, specifically a Big Ten sports fan. I'm actually an Ohio State fan um, for both football and basketball. I graduated from Ohio State uh, in 2022 with a digital marketing degree. I've been working in digital marketing for a little over a year, but my, my real passion is uh, sports and sports media specifically. So that's kind of where I came up with the idea, just to kind of start something up on the side while I'm working full time. Um, and just kind of see where I can take it. But I'm super excited with everything we've gotten together so far. We've got a really, really fun crew of people, and it, it's going to be a blast. I'm super excited for this season. Now, being an Ohio State grad and being part of that Ohio State fan base, is it fun? Like, Or is it just constant stress uh, week after week after week because every game truly matters of – playoffs or no playoffs you have the michigan game i mean what's being an ohio state fan like for us common folk Illini fans yeah i know it's a it's a little different i guess in the levels of expectations like illinois you guys are happy to get to a bowl game at least the past few years like now you're probably aiming at a big 10 west title uh but definitely a different level of expectations where we're playoffs are bust nobody's happy for not in the playoffs nobody's happy for not winning that big 10 championship year in and year out like we were for a, a good chunk of time until the past few years. Um, so, yeah, it's I wouldn't even say it's constant stress because especially under Ryan Day, if we're playing a lesser team, we're more than likely just going to beat the living breaks out of them. It's almost like unwatchable. It's like uh, Ohio State's playing Maryland this week. We're going to win by 30. You flip on the game, you watch the first half, we're up by 25 at halftime, and it's like, okay, I'll, I'll flip to a more entertaining game at this point. Like, I don't. I've seen the backups play the past five games. I've seen all the young guys. Like, I want to watch real football, you know. But it, it starts to get stressful um, 
if we're in close games, which doesn't happen often. I think it'll happen a lot more often this year. We have a tough schedule, a really tough schedule. Uh, so actually really looking forward to the season because I think we're going to have some watchable games. Yeah, that wasn't relatable at all. Uh, <laughs> that must be nice. But Brent, the question I really want to ask you, and Austin, I don't know if you've been following uh, our Twitter uh, banter back and forth. Football and basketball aside, Brent, how does it feel supporting a school that essentially created spelling and shouting out loud at football games? That's not at all what we were trying to say. We, we weren't trying to say that that Ohio State made you know, made made up chanting. We were just saying Ohio State started the whole like O H I O, like that's our thing, you know. That I mean, I, Illinois does it too. Not not gonna not gonna discredit that. I just think Ohio State's been doing it longer. It, it, it's kind of funny, Austin. Uh, Brant made a very innocent tweet uh, in my direction uh, after a Coleman Hawkins tweet, and I made a joke back. But it was followed by like 20, 25, 30 replies where it was basically a piling on of Ohio State fans. And we're just kind of making, you know, ironic tweets about it. So I'm just having fun with Brent right now. It was funny. Uh, it yeah. Was change. Yeah. I mean, you got to have some fun. I mean, especially uh, at the expense of Ohio State whenever you can. I mean, because, again, they're going to blow the brakes off of you. Once on the, the game starts, then, then they're the ones talking. So. Yeah, you you got to win in the tailgates, you know, if you're an Ohio State opponent, you know. <laughs> I feel you there. I mean, not always, not always, and this year is going to be probably the exception where we're going to play some close games. So, it should be fun. What has been the hardest loss of your Ohio State fandom? There's two that come to the that's front of my mind. One is 2015 Michigan State in the shoe. Uh, we had back a lot of our guys from that 2014 national championship team. It was the most talented Ohio State team I've seen in my lifetime. And we were playing against Michigan State, which is it's a good Michigan State team. It's when they have Connor Cook uh, at quarterback and a bunch of talent on both sides of the ball. But we're genuinely like the most talented team I've ever seen. Urban just like uh, doesn't open up the playbook and we I forget what the exact final score was Michigan State ends up winning on a game-winning field goal it knocks us out of the playoffs it's our one loss that whole season but Michigan State ends up also having one loss and going to the Big Ten Championship and sneaking into the playoffs just yeah, to get by Alabama uh, but I really think that that team could have ran the table and gone back to back that the talent was insane on both sides we got Ezekiel Elliott like Joey Bosa on defense it it was loaded And then the other one, yeah, Clemson playoffs easily. I mean, that one that one shook me to my core. Um, I mean, so many so many things went wrong. Uh, There may have been a few questionable calls that I'll never get over. But at the end of the day, we did lose the game. I think we probably would have won if a few calls went our way. But you know, is what it is. Yeah, that's that's. I remember watching that game, and uh, I mean, I had my Big Ten hat on you know, trying to support the conference. And uh, I forget, my memory's off a little bit. I don't know if it was, if I agreed it was a fumble or it wasn't a fumble on that one play by the rest, but it's just like, turn the game around. And uh, they ended up, yeah, they they won at that point. Yeah, it's, again, I'd love to get to the level of uh, playing those games. Um, For right now, I'm just rooting for the conference partners. Yeah, I feel you there, but I, I do think that Illinois is set for a pretty – I mean, 
I can't say like great season, but I think they have the potential. The potential is all there, and the schedule is. I mean, it's it's like hard game after hard game, but they're all winnable. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at all these season previews, and I see you know people picking Illinois to win six games, seven games, eight games. I thought I was a crazy person, and then I see Austin submit us winning. Would you have us winning nine games, ten games? Uh, ten and ten and two. Love it. That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, like we had no prior discussion beforehand about uh, what we uh, projected our records to be, but I'm genuinely dumbfounded. You know, I know we're we're talking about this in the in the podcast today. We're just talking about you know how the Big Ten is going to turn out, but you know the love that Wisconsin is getting, that's fine. I know they're talented. I know Luke Fickle's a great coach, but that's a drastic system change that they're making in year one. I just don't know if it's going to reach the full potential that it can uh, reach. Iowa's always going to be tough. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Minnesota, I mean, Brett has never lost to Minnesota. Like my notes is literally Brett never loses to Minnesota. So I'm not thinking about that right now. But yeah, it's, 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 it's it, I just don't understand. Like for me, if I was the odds maker, maybe I put Iowa as a slight favorite, but these six wins projections for me, it's just, it's, it's bonkers. Is that what the the over under line is? Is it six and a half? It's six and a half. Yeah, yeah. The over seems seems easy there. Yeah. I mean, you look at this Big Ten West and what Illinois is returning. They have the closest identity to last year, a team that won eight and four. Yes, they lose Chase Brown and Devin Witherspoon, but I feel like in the Big Ten West, losing backfield depth in your defense and secondary isn't as big of a deal as if it was in the Big Ten East when you're dealing with uh, Tonga Viola, the Ohio State wide receivers, Michigan, their offense, Penn State's offense. It's ground and pound for the most case in the Big Ten West outside of this new air raid Wisconsin offense that we have not even seen yet. So I think with just what with what Illinois is returning, the offensive line is probably fourth best in the Big Ten right now. Um, So I just can't view this team as anything less than uh, eight wins even. I mean, it's just mind-blowing to me that people are underrating this team because they, quote-unquote, haven't done it yet. But their head coach, Brett Bielema, has uh, had that level of consistency in the Big Ten West or the Big Ten leaders or whatever it was uh, earlier on when Brett Bielema was the coach of Wisconsin. So it's just kind of crazy to me that – they're not getting the benefit of the doubt where Iowa is when their offense was just absolutely atrocious last year. Yeah, to me, I feel like it's just Iowa has done it more consistently historically than Illinois has, and that's really the only thing. Like Illinois, Illinois is returning like the same amount of talent that Iowa is, I would say, and it's, like you just mentioned, running the same systems they had last year where Iowa is going to be doing the same things as well. But yeah, the offense was clearly another step ahead of of what Iowa was here, Illinois. And maybe you are you're, you've got a new quarterback in there, you got a new running back in there. At the end of the day, you've got a lot of uh, a lot of returners on the offensive line. You've got your top receiver back. Um, you got a, a good tight end at Tip Reeman. It's, it, it, I mean, uh, the, I don't understand the hate. Yeah, I mean, I, this is the D. Uh, Brett said himself, this is the most confident he's been in our QB room. Um, our running back room is loaded with young guys. You know, we got four star talent uh, there. Our receivers, now when you look at them compared to what 
that room looked like when Brett took over. It's tenfold better. You know, defensive line, I've been saying it for forever now before. Uh, now it's becoming popular that Newton's going to be the top defensive mm-hmm. tackle drafted. And his partner, Keith Randolph, is right there with him. He just has Newton's kind of taking all the, the publicity and he's the popular guy right now. So uh, we're building depth. We don't have it on the back end yet, but that's what kind of separates the Illinois from the Ohio States and whatnot. But, you know, if we can stay relatively in- injury free, I love this team, the talent that we've uh, we've been stacking up. And uh, I have us winning the West. Austin, I think you have us winning the West. Brant, sounds like you have Iowa winning the West. I do have Iowa winning the West. I have Illinois at seven and five. Um, but I, as I mentioned, I, almost every game on that schedule is a coin flip to me. I could see anywhere from six and six to all the way up to 11 and one. Like genuinely, it just depends kind of how the cards fall in the West uh, with injuries and stuff like that. But ultimately, I had a loss to Penn State in week three, but I think that is going to be a wildly competitive game. I can't um, wait for that game. It's going to be Drew Aller's first big test, and you guys are one of the toughest defenses that he's going to play all year long. Uh, so I, th- I think that's one that Illinois could easily sneak away with. Uh, I had uh, Are we going to have 10 overtimes? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see if you guys can get it all the way up to nine overtimes this time. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be a fun one for sure. I had Maryland as a loss, but that one's genuinely a coin flip. Maryland, they usually start out hot and then kind of fizzle out. And they um, have our number. They, they always, you know... I mean, yeah, they're, they're a tough team. They're talented. And just with it being in College Park, like it, it just is an added layer. Um, but, I mean, you could easily squeak that one out too. Mm-hmm. I had Wisconsin as a loss. That one is – I mean, you guys are returning Brad Bielema uh, and they're just the, the coaching turnover. Like it's, it's hard to win in college football with a first-year head coach. So that one really could go either way as well. Um, I would not be surprised at all to see Brett beat up on his old Badgers there. Um, I had Minnesota as a loss, but you mentioned how uh, Brett's never lost. Go ahead and change that right now. So maybe take I should, off the record. Maybe I should change my prediction to eight and four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just with that one, yeah, actually, now now that I give it more thought, because I just did this pretty quickly, um, it is on the road. But, I mean, Minnesota is a team dealing with a lot of turnover, too, with basically all their offensive production. Uh, you guys, what you return, especially on defense, uh, especially that front seven, is probably going to be enough to, to overpower them. And it, just historically, I mean, it makes sense. And then I had Iowa as a loss. I think I'm going to hang my hat on that one um, just because their defense is insane. Not to say your defense isn't, uh, but Kinnick is just a super, super tough place to play as well. So I, I think I'll roll 8-4 and four as, for my prediction. I'll accept 8-4. and four. Some of these yeah, six absolutely. wins, seven wins. No, like I, I'm not gonna agree with. But eight and four, fine, Brent. We're we're friends again. There we go. <laughs> what is a team in the Big Ten that a lot of people aren't talking enough about, in your opinion, Brent? I mean, I kind of just mentioned it there, but I think Maryland. Um, you've got the Big Ten East. It's your top three teams. It's Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, and everyone knows it. But Maryland is sneakily right there as a fourth team. And the big thing with that is just the returning quarterback, Talia Tagovailoa. Um, I think they're one of only two, three teams that are returning their quarterback in the Big Ten this year. J.J. Uh, McCarthy, obviously, and then Gavin Wimsett at Rutgers, uh, along with Tagovailoa, are your only returning quarterbacks. 
So that adds more than you would think. Um, do I think they're going to compete with uh, the big three in the East? Probably not, but I still think they can give them all games. So you've also seen the national stage since you are an Ohio State fan. How do you think this Big Ten stacks up against other conferences, especially at the top where you're dealing with like Georgia versus Michigan, Georgia versus Ohio State, and uh, the rest of the Power Five as we know it for this final year? Yeah, for this year, I think we stack up at, with the best of them, genuinely. Uh, top to bottom, I think it's a very, very talented conference. And you can't, you couldn't have said this in like past years where, you know, Ohio State just kind of dominated the whole thing. And SEC is like, who, do, who does Ohio State play? Nobody. But I mean, you look at the West, you've got five really, really, really competitive teams in there. Uh, and then you've got Nebraska, who is just a big question mark, could be competitive this, as early as this year. And then you have Northwestern, that's like the bottom feeders. Uh, and then looking at the East, you obviously have the top three teams, which I think are three of probably the top five best teams in all of college football this year. Um, Maryland, which is going to keep things competitive. Uh, and then the, the bottom three are, I mean, they're not bad football teams. Rutgers, Michigan State, uh, Indiana maybe is a bad football team. But Rutgers and Michigan State are like, you know, fringe bowl teams. They can maybe get to the six-line mark and get to a bowl game. Um, I, I think the top and the middle is stronger than the SEC, personally. I like it, and I like the fact that uh, the new coaches that we're bringing in, you know, between Fickle and Rule are college-proven, and I think bringing that type of talent on the coaching ranks is just going to make the product on the field better. And uh, I'm looking forward to the future battles, you know, between the two conferences. And I think it's just with all the money our conference has coming in, I think uh, – we could, you know, surprise a few people. Yeah, I fully agree. And then bringing in Lincoln Riley, Chip Kelly, um, right. all these guys from, from, I mean, the coaching is just going to be next level starting, I mean, this year with like Lou Fickle and Matt Rule and all those guys coming in. But, I mean, the coaching in our conference is going to be insane at a level like it may have never been before in the past. Now, as an Ohio State guy, what are, you, what are your thoughts on adding – USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington to the Big Ten next year. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this whole conference realignment thing, but I get it. it's like it's it's run by the whole all the TV networks and their money. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, money wins everything. So that's just with the way that college athletics are trending, we kind of had to do it. I, I, I'm not a fan of dismantling the the. League of Champions, Conference of Champions, whatever they call themselves over in the Pac-12. Um, and now, like, the Pacific Coast doesn't even have their own specific conference. And just the whole, like, dismantling the whole regionality of it all, that's what made college athletics special. Um, and just, like, the historic rivalries. Um, like, who knows if we're going to play Michigan the, uh, Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving again going forward for the rest of the time. Like, that, that could easily just be taken away. I know they're, with the Pac-12 all dismantling, you're losing like the Civil War rivalry. You're, you're losing the Apple Cup. Uh, so that really sucks to see all that go. Yeah, it's uh, – let's say Brent was in charge of sports from here on out. Do you keep the the game on the same date? It seems oh. like both one coach wants to keep it. One is open to changing it. 
Yeah, no, I undoubtedly keep it. I mean, it's tradition. It, yeah. That's just the way it is. It, it's got to be like that. So final one for you, Brant. Who is your Big Ten champion? Yeah, I can't I can't come on any podcast and not say Ohio State. Um, <laughs> but genuinely, I think Penn State has the door open as much as it's ever been. Um, and not to say that Ohio State and Michigan aren't talented because they're they're two of my top five teams in college football. But I think Penn State um, is very, very talented this year. The most talented Penn State team we've seen in James Franklin's entire tenure. Are they going to be able to steal one from from Ohio State in the shoe? Are they going to be able to even beat Michigan? I know they have them at home, but Michigan had their number the past few years too. Remains to be seen. So that's kind of my sleeper pick. Uh, but my homer pick is Ohio State. As well, speaking of Ohio State, you know, since you are a Big Ten guy, your season, your Big Ten season starts this week. Along with, there's another Big Ten game, uh, Nebraska and Minnesota. Any thoughts on those two games? Yes, we can start with Nebraska and Minnesota. Um, going to take a second to selflessly plug in um, our SkyU pod and our Sully Scoop pod our Nebraska and Minnesota podcast, they're going to be bringing you the first ever big banter uh, preview show. And we're going to have this for, as you guys know, but just to speak to your listeners here, um, each of before each big 10 game, um, Illini cast and all of our other uh, big 10 podcasts are going to be getting with the, the, the big 10 team that they're playing that week, uh, that specific podcast and just kind of chop it up, preview the game. So you'll get to hear from experts uh, from all the other teams. First one of that is going down. Um, it'll be posted, I believe, by Wednesday uh, between SkyU and Sully Scoop. So super exciting stuff to watch out for for there. Uh, really excited for the Big Ten season to get started with that. Um, I really don't know what to expect in that game, to be honest. Both teams seem to have a lot of question marks with Cali McManus making his uh, first season. I mean, he started a few games last year, but first full season uh, starting for, for Minnesota. And then Nebraska, just a complete overhaul that Matt Rule did there. Uh, Going to be a fun, fun one to, to get the season started. And then for for the Ohio State game, I'm actually going out to Bloomington for that game. Uh, so super excited for that. Going to meet up with the guys from the LEO podcast, our um, Indiana podcast out there, hit their tailgate. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, the line on that game is 30 right now, which, I mean, Ohio State should win by that much. But... I mean, I, I'm not too worried about it being on the road. I think there will be more Ohio State fans at the game than Indiana fans. That's usually how it is when we go there. It's, they it's did like, play you pretty close last time you guys played, didn't they? Wasn't it like close at halftime, or am I thinking of a different game? They they played us close a lot in the past. The past few years, they just haven't been great, and we've we dominated them pretty badly. They played um, us the last time they played us closely was when they had Mike Penix in the COVID year, and yeah, they actually had yeah. like a really good team. I think that's um, our position, so, yeah. We were blowing them out, and they came back and like cut it to touch, touchdown, I think. We ended up winning by two scores, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, 30-point line is a lot for the first game of the year uh, with a new quarterback and, most importantly, two new tackles on the offensive line. That's, I mean, it's not easy to revamp your offensive line, and I haven't heard of anybody specifically stepping up into this, this, those spots, so it's going to be interesting to see if they're rotating guys in. Uh, how the lines meshing, and also going to be interesting to see what they're doing at quarterback. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm not fully confident to pound the, the the minus thirty spread, 
but I mean, it should be a win. It better be a win, or else. You know, <laughs> that. Okay, Austin, you got anything uh, else? I, yeah, whenever you go to Bloomington, head on over to Nick's English Hut. It is an amazing uh, dinner. It, it is just fantastic. Head there. They have some great beers as well. So give it a shout. Uh, give it a shot uh, when you're at when you're at IU's campus. Awesome. I'll, I'll be sure to visit it. Thanks for the recommendation because I, I genuinely didn't know what I was doing over there, but uh, I'll take you up on that. Not a problem. Get the Stromboli. It's excellent. Uh, you can't go wrong with a good Stromboli. <laughs> Thank you, Brant. And uh, I can't wait to hear from you again this season. It's going to be an absolute blast as we go through this big banter podcast network, uh, free for all uh, whenever these teams play each other later on in conference play. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll catch you in Indy, maybe. That's oh, the plan. we'll see in Indy. <laughs> we'll meet up before getting to that. How about that? Oh, yeah. No, definitely will. <laughs> All right, thank <laughs> thank you, Brant. you, Brant. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. And that was the Illini cast, part of the Big Banter Podcast Network. Sonny, what a show. I can't believe it's game week. I'm... I, we've been waiting, Austin. You know, all the stretching is done. All the warm-ups are over. You know, fall training camps, spring training camps, all that. The preview articles are, have all been written. Now it's time to play ball. Yeah, they, they could rip up those preview mags because it's now time to prove it out on the field and and see what each of these team each of these teams has and i think illinois has that winner and i can't wait until saturday to see it going yeah i mean toledo's gonna be tough um i'm not as confident as a lot of twitter seems to be i'm seeing a lot of three touchdown uh predictions but i think they're also the perfect team to start the season off against because they've got i mean i was looking at our schedule like Finn might be the third or fourth best quarterback we faced this year. And yeah. to have him as the kickoff game, like to test uh, test out our young secondary, I'm actually, you know, kind of looking forward to seeing how our secondary responds to that, how they play to that, how they can adjust. You know, I mean, we have more talent than Toledo, as we should, being a Big Ten team over a MAC team. And obviously, we're Matt, we have a massive advantage uh, on both lines. So I think we should win this game. But I, I don't. I, my personal prediction is I don't think we cover. I think the nine and a half spread. I think we're gonna kind of play. Yeah, things. I, Go ahead. Yeah, I I don't really anticipate a blowout. Like maybe it's a twelve point game. Um, if there's a field goal kicked at the very end to uh, push that above nine, but I think it's gonna be a kind of a oh, what is this Illinois team kind of thing but I have full confidence that we'll win just because of the coaching advantage that we do have over Toledo. Yeah. Uh, in my little scouting report, it seems like, you know, a lot their coach is able to assemble a lot of talent, but when, when uh, it comes down to it, a lot of people aren't really confident in his coaching abilities. And, you know, that's something we've become all too comfortable with here being Illinois football fans for as long as we have. So it's, it's nice that, you know, we're not in that boat anymore. Exactly. I mean, we've seen it so many times with Nebraska having terrible coaches and Illinois being able to take advantage of that. And I think now that we have Brett, 
there's not going to be a lot of games where we're like, oh, this might be a coaching mismatch for Brett. He just he just is cool, cool, calm, and collected at all times. And it's it's crazy to think that this is who he is after his first stretch of being that egotistical guy at, at Wisconsin, and then the shell of himself in Arkansas, and now it's kind of the best of both worlds. He's humble yet confident, and that's the perfect blend that you have in a coach. Yeah. I mean, I know he's got the game plan ready. Like, I know Illinois is not going to show up on Saturday unprepared. You know, like, we may lose. I don't foresee it happening, but I don't think it's going to, you know, if this was the previous regime, I'd almost be counting on us losing and just praying it wasn't going to be a blowout on the wrong side. But, you know, Brett, I know know he's going to have a good, solid game plan. Another reason I don't think we are going to probably cover the nine and a half is games two and three are going to be super important for us as well. So I don't think we're going to be opening up that playbook all that much against Toledo because Kansas is kind of like an upgraded Toledo. You know, that Mm -hmm. the Kansas game might decide whether we hit the over or under the six and a half wins that a lot of people project Illinois to have. And that's when, you know, they've got a very potent, fast offense that, you know, again, I referenced earlier, our defensive backs are going to have to heed the challenge from Toledo in order to be ready for the onslaught that they're going to be receiving in week two. So hopefully, you know, our coaches can take a look at the film, not give Kansas too much film to scout game one. And uh, yeah, I, I think Toledo is going to be a closer match than a lot of other people think. Absolutely. Uh, but Sonny, I want to thank you again for joining joining us. It's been a great Illini cast podcast, hasn't it? It's, it's a super fun project. You know, I'm glad, you know, Big Banter's reached out to us and uh, we got this running off the ground. It's uh, Illini Nation is pretty rowdy and pretty vocal on social media. So it's nice giving an outlet for some folks to, you know, get the content that they're craving. And, you know, we've had some very solid numbers so far. So I'm glad that we're kind of giving the people what they want and uh, looking forward to continuing to do that. Yeah, we're going to up our uh, podcast uh, outage uh, for two podcasts a week, uh, just so we can preview and review the games moving forward instead of all piling it into one episode per week. So be on the lookout for two podcasts a week from the Illini cast um, as we move forward throughout the season. And, uh, and hopefully we're talking about a lot of wins. Hopefully we're popping a lot of champagne bottles, pardon the pun. But uh, again, this is going to be a great situation for Illini fans to have to have us uh, talk about the games and review the games as well. Yeah, it's nice not to be worried about, you know, two and ten and actually, you know, again, feel as strongly as both you and I do that uh, we have a team that can contend and it'll actually hopefully be a joy watching our football team take a field, take on the field uh, every Saturday as opposed to dreading the kickoff. Absolutely. Sonny? Hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you again this week. All right, Austin. Uh, let's go, Illinois. I'm going to call it 17-10. What about you? Um, I will go with 35-27. Oh, wow. High score. I think it's going to. 
I think it's going to be a high-scoring game with Toledo's quarterback play and just the athleticism that Illinois has on the edges with Isaiah Williams and Casey Washington. Wow. All right. Well, your game would be more fun to watch than my prediction, so hopefully you're right, as long as we come out with the W, right? Yes. Uh, just avoid the action. Avoid the action at all costs. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. All right, Austin. All right. Thank you, Sonny.